0: Welcome to PRT that's Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host Josh Turner, also known as Wolf and uh, you can always find us at prtpodcast.com We're also on YouTube and many other platforms and uh, my email address is Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com You can go there We have a, an area for artwork submissions. Uh, you can check out all of our all of our different shows. We have various groups on Facebook. We have Paranormal Roundtable Facebook group. Please go and join that. We have a lot of cool discussions, a lot of stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people don't, don't like Facebook. They don't want to be on Facebook, whatever. Well, join Facebook just to be in the groups and then don't do anything else. And, uh, and then we got Paranormal Encounters, which is run by Mushu, uh, who's also a part-time co-host. And then we have Paranormal Lounge, which is run by Nelly, which is my wife. And we have a whisper to a scream uh, podcast with uh, Ryan Tremblay. Uh, that's his group, and he's also uh, my, my co-host on another show called A Whisper to a Scream. And that that show airs on Sunday nights. We've had a little, a few problems trying to get it going in the early time, in the early uh, episodes, but we're getting it going now. And uh, but it's 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 uh, lands every every Sunday, and then on Friday our show PRT here at Paranormal Roundtable. Uh, lands at uh seven o'clock um on friday nights uh seven p m central <clears throat> that's central time and ryan's i believe is around seven fifteen central and also um we do a q and a at seven thirty uh p m central on tuesday nights for p r t so the all that being said we get get all this out of the way we are running art contests uh, at all times, we're, we're doing some kind of contest, and as always, we do a book giveaway every week. Uh, for as long as we supplies last, you can get you an autographed book anywhere from Linda Godfrey, Nick Redfern. Uh, we got Chad Lewis, Ken Gerhard, uh, Lyle Blackburn, and so and and Lon Strickler. So we got all those people's autographed books. We got a, a stockpile of those, and we give them away every week. So all that out of the way. All that being said. Tonight I have a special guest. She's someone who's uh, uh, pretty uh, pretty big in the uh, in the, the cryptid world, the Dogman field. She has a uh, group; it's called Dogman Believers Only, and she, she is the admin. Her and her buddy Cindy, they are the admins for this group, and I believe uh, it is the largest Dogman group, isn't it? The largest Dogman group, Carrie? Yeah, it is. I yeah. think. Yeah, I
1: haven't looked at members count lately, but
0: yeah. Yeah, you're pretty much the— I uh, think we're,
1: we're one of the
0: oldest, too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely one of the oldest. Yeah, and I think you were one of the first that I, I joined. But uh, yeah, you're a very large group, and um, we met years ago when I was doing uh, shows on Dogman Encounters Radio. And uh, you've uh, been a supporter of my work and of my research and of my uh, show— and I appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for coming on and talking to me um, tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Dogman and some Bigfoot, and you're going to uh, tell us about your encounter with uh, what could what could be a Dogman. We're not 100 percent if it was a Dogman or a werewolf or what it was, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. And so to get to get us started, how long have you been? How long have you had the, You've been uh, with the Dogman Believers Group
1: seven or eight years.
0: Jeez. Dang. Okay, so that's a long time. You've been with it for, you've been, you've been at it for a while. So, yeah. So, you've been, you've been studying and researching this phenomenon for a long time.
1: Well, I think the best way to explain it is I am kind of a strange person. Most people that meet me would agree with that. But I'm strange because I've encountered a lot of strange things. And I understand that we, you know, life isn't exactly what, you know, it's not the cut and dry. And I'm never going to follow that path. I'm never going to be that person. So I'm just going to own up and say I'm strange because my life has been strange and it's all of my life. I mean, I've, I've had encounters with something or another most of my life
0: and you have encountered like multiple things like you you've had more than just that uh, that werewolf encounter you've had encounters with bigfoot right
1: yeah lots of encounters with bigfoot
0: yeah and this goes back to your childhood
1: yeah i mean even farther into my childhood than than what i can remember
0: what what do you mean by that like further back in your childhood than you can remember
1: well um uh, my mother told me a story um about when i was a baby now i was born in california my parents lived in i believe petaluma and uh they were from colorado and they had moved to california and when they were living in california my mother discovered she was pregnant she wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant again but she discovered she was pregnant So she carried me, and I was born um, in July, and uh, my mom wanted my crib to be in a window so that I could see the sun, so that I could be, you know, kind of blessed by the sun. My mother was, her mother was Native American, so that was very strong, you know, something she wanted, that connection to the earth. And those blessings. So. I shared a room with my sister. Who would have been eight. And. Apparently my sister had walked into the room. And screamed. And all my mother heard. Was my sister screaming. And it was that scream. That if you have children. You know. Something's wrong. And you can't get there fast enough. So. When my mother came in my sister was babbling and screaming about a monster was looking in the window and that window was pretty high off the ground of course i don't remember that house i was an infant i had just been born um and apparently a bigfoot was looking in the window at me in my crib and she you know they found the footprints outside the window and everything and then my parents opted to move back to Colorado. And I think by the time I was about four weeks old, they moved back to Colorado. So I don't know if that that made them move or if they were already planning to move. Nobody would really answer those questions for me. But, you know, it was ongoing after that.
0: Did your uh, sister get a description of it?
1: My sister won't talk about it. She said she remembers it, but she won't talk about it. Um, my mother really only, her, her only elaboration was, it was a Bigfoot. And my dad used to say, well, there were big, there were Bigfoot in California, but they're not in Colorado. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> and then he,
1: he saw one with my son. I wasn't even home when it happened, but he, he got the attention of a local police officer and the, because he was pointing a, a gun looking through the scope, but he was pointing the gun at the window looking through the scope and the officer, you know, had big picture window in his house and the officer was driving down the street and he hit the brakes, walking up to the door with his hand on the gun, on his gun going, you know, what's going on here? Thinking there's going to be a mass shooting or something. And uh, my dad (laughs) pointed up at the hill and you could see it without looking in the scope, you know, the hill's, I don't know. We lived in the mountains, but there was a, a range of hills that went across from the north end down south. So they ran, you know, in a line. They were called the Seven Hermits, and it was on the last one closest. Well, I guess it was on the second one from what it was, how it was explained to me. And my dad told me that night when I got home, he said, uh, yeah, was, I always believed you that you were saying something but I'll be damned I you, you know I, he had never encountered anything like that before and me secretly I always thought if I could just explain it to him better that he'd go oh that's one of those because he knew everything the man was a genius I mean he he was one of the, the men that discovered Vail, Colorado. He was known at his funeral. They they said that he was the man that knew mountains, and he did. I mean, my, I've heard stories about him going, you know, taking my brother to go camping, dropping him off, and my brother going 50 miles the wrong direction, and my dad showing up in the middle of the night and asking for a cup of coffee, where he tracked him, knowing, you know, my brother went the wrong way, knowing it wasn't supposed to go that way. But my dad tracked him down in the middle of the night. So, you know, I mean, the man was insanely in tune with wildlife in the mountains. It was shocking to me that he didn't know what it was.
0: So that was his first encounter with one of these creatures?
1: Yeah. He had never, well, he'd seen footprints. But he'd never seen the
0: actual creature yeah i got a friend that lives up in Leadville, and he's convinced that when he goes out hiking and that's not far from uh vale, but he's got he's convinced that there's there's a sasquatch habitation around where he's where he lives, like he goes out in the woods and he's he he believes that they're there they're close by
1: absolutely yeah. absolutely
0: you know First where Leadville's thing in I
1: remember having. Yeah, absolutely. I've been to Leadville many times. First first encounter I remember having was in a a little. There used to be a ski lodge there, and it was called Meadow Mountain. Vail was started as a ski resort, and then a guy came along and he owned the mountain next to it. So there's Highway Six runs in between and goes to Leadville. So as you're going towards Minturn. Well, everything that's on your left hand side, if you go up the mountain, top of the mountain is Vail. veil. If you, everything on the right hand side, right there at the interchange, that bottom, it's called Meadow Mountain, but it backs up and the mountain goes up and it backs up into what's now Beaver Creek. And it's not far from Tigawan Trail where Mount of the Holy Cross is. It's, you know, not very far to go to to Minturn, and you know from Minturn you go up the hill and you Redcliffe, and then you have let me get into Leadville, which you climb from about eight thousand. What is it? Eighty-one sixty, eighty-one fifty is the elevation of Vale at at the village. And you climb up to Leadville is over ten thousand feet.
0: Yeah, Leadville. Leadville was it made me. Uh, I had uh, altitude sickness when I, first, I drove out there, and I got out there pretty quick. And I just, you know, it's in an ascent. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I got kind of sick. <laughs> we got back down to Frisco, and then yeah. we went to Brackenridge, and I ended up needing oxygen. Of course, I was extremely overweight at that time. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of rough on me. But, uh, yeah, that area, it you looks know, like Bigfoot habitation.
1: Oh, absolutely, 100%. And like I said, Meadow Mountain, I had the first encounter that I remember when I was about five years old at uh Meadow Mountain and uh learned later about the measurements of a Bigfoot body. So you take Bigfoot and their distance from the knee to the ankle is much longer than the distance from the knee to the ankle in a human. And I know that to be true. I mean, when I was reading these these different, you know, postulations about, you know, based off of Patty, you know, and all these different things, I was like, well, that's spot on because if a Bigfoot squats down, if a person squats down, your your knees are still pretty low. Right? You're not going to be able to put your chin on your knees. If a Bigfoot squats down, they're, they're, Chin is between their knees.
0: Well, that's not necessarily true for me because I'm I'm very flexible. I'm like Gumby. I can touch my foot <laughs> to my head, and I can I can do all kinds of weird yoga poses. I'm pretty amazing. I'm just oh, kidding. I'm see, obviously now, not. Now that, that just
1: obviously, you know, that's because you're a werewolf.
0: <laughs> Damn! Don't say <laughs> things like that because I'll be getting some. You know, we were talking about that off air, and I you know I told that guy in the Lying at the at the grocery store Because I had that lycanthrope shirt on Remember the story I told you And I was like, hey, I'm a werewolf And I was like, you know, I'd have been uh burned at the stake You know, if this was three or 400 years ago well, Maybe not even that long ago, 200 <laughs> exactly. years ago But,
1: exactly. Exactly. but oh, You uh, gotta keep the joke alive,
0: right? Yeah, you gotta keep the joke People are always teasing that that I'm a werewolf That Vic's a werewolf that, You know, I'm like, okay <laughs> I'm like, ha 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 ha, be quiet Don't make me have to find you but uh, no, <laughs> no. So you you've seen all these Bigfoot the, the the and can I ask you a question? Do they all kind of look the ones that you yourself, Carrie, have seen personally? Do they all seem to kind of fit in this in the same sort of category, or are they different types, different variants that you've seen? Uh,
1: most of the Bigfoot that I've seen have been in Colorado. I didn't, you know, when I was in Missouri. I had some some, uh, encounters with Bigfoot. and That was just a couple of years ago. Um, As I kind of left Colorado in 2015, and I kind of wandered state to state, trying to find a place to get on my feet. And um, I was in Missouri for about a year and a half, year, year and a half, something like that. Maybe not quite a year. I don't remember. But anyway, while I lived there, um, I didn't actually get a good look at them i didn't have an up close sighting but i knew they were there because they were moving tree branches around and making glyphs and turning them into the same predictable patterns and um i think it's it's reinf- that reinforced for me that you you just always you know if you're not in tune with your environment you're going to miss a lot of the clues that they give but I've always told people, and people get creeped out by it. But I don't—I'm not saying it to be creepy. Guaranteed, you might never see that Sasquatch. You might never see that Dogman. But they see you, and that scares the crap out of people.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and, and we talked about this. Uh, you know, w- one of the things that I believe, and you—you you, you kind of agreed with me too—is that there are certain people who I think can see them. And they 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 exist on a different vibration, uh, and I think that they're able to to uh, and manifest themselves. Um, I know that I have never seen a Bigfoot. I've never seen a Sasquatch. But me and my wife were working at, at an assignment one time, and I saw something large and brown. And I saw it. I saw it run, and I saw it from behind. And I cannot tell you what that was. So my wife says, okay, I've seen a Bigfoot. I was like, well, you can say you've seen a Bigfoot. Neither one of us saw the head or the (laughs) face. So there's no way to know what the heck that was. I mean, she's like, well, unless it was a cow running upright. And it didn't have the shape or composition of a dogman because I've seen a dogman slash werewolf type creature. And it didn't look anything like that. So it was huge and blocky. And it, we thought it was a tree stump and it got up and moved, And it but it was dark and there was no way, and it happened so quick, there was no way for us to, to ascertain that that's what it was. And I, I haven't gotten a whole lot of reports of Sasquatch in that area, so I have no, but there are dogman reports in that area. So I told my wife, I said, we don't know what that was. So I don't really claim that as a Bigfoot sighting. And I've never, so I've never really um, seen one. I was at a, at a birthday party as a child. And a bunch of kids claim to have seen this ape like creature in the window, but I didn't see it, so I can't claim it. I cannot claim that I've seen a bigfoot that's something I've always wanted to see um was not hoping to see the dog man <laughs> when I saw it, it just kind of happened, <laughs> but uh, I don't think anybody's like you know usually when when people see it, they're not really planning on it, they're not out there you know and you know and they it just happens you know um right. when out people are tromping out there looking for it, they never seem to find it. you know it's weird hmm but uh, yeah
1: yeah no like like uh there's a letter organization that report that it, you know they've been accumulating reports for a long time and they have you know a b c d and one of those letters is um a sighting where you think you heard something but you don't know what it is yeah okay you don't know you don't have any idea what that is but you're going to call it a bigfoot sighting Um, there's a lot of, a lot of things out there when you start talking about, um, lore and legends and, you know, there were 500 nations and they didn't all agree and they were not identical. You can't say Indian and be talking about somebody from the East coast and then make the same assumption for their culture and talk about somebody that was from the West coast. They were totally different.
0: Yeah. In no. a lot
1: of respect. Yeah, if you're, you're talking
0: about the Algonquin, they're night and day from the Klamath. It's just completely two different things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, there's multiple. There were 500 nations. Mm-hmm. They all had different tales, but they all talked about the same creatures. They just had different names for them.
0: Yeah, tons <laughs> of different names. Genosqua, and, I mean, that, that. Yeah. That's
1: just that, right there is is huge proof because you're you have multiple different people with different language, even that didn't interact a lot. I mean, they did interact, but it wasn't always. A lot of times, it wasn't peaceful interaction.
0: Oh no, exactly. You know, know, between
1: the tribes, you know, they fought with each other. Some of them were bitter enemies. And yet they have legends about the same things and they say the same things about them.
0: I mean, you could say like, okay, like the Utes and the Navajo, they were they were neighbors. So they would have Mm -hmm. uh, tales of the same types of creatures. But when you're talking about like like I said, you know, take the Iroquois Confederacy or you take like the Algonquin or the the Uron, you know, they're from that far northeast, you know, and then you go all the way across to the to the to the west you know and you're you're talking about like the Cheyenne, the Utes, the Klamath, all these different tribes they were so far apart they never interacted but yet they they all have legends and stories of dogman and bigfoot like they all have stories mm-hmm. of these creatures you know and and they have different versions of what they are and and so you can't it's so hard to just dismiss that and then you have the viking legends they have legends of both creatures. They have legends of bear uh, people turning into bears and all this other stuff. The, the Celts, they had the, mm-hmm. the, the same thing. I mean, it was just – and it goes on and on and on. My godson who's uh, – by birth, he's Chinese and Vietnamese. But he was raised in the Vietnamese culture and they have stories of Bigfoot. I mean, there's a lot of stories about these – the hairy men in, in the jungle throwing ro- the rock apes of, of Vietnam china has their own stories japan has stories of them up in the mountains you know it goes all over the the middle east i mean it's crazy they're everywhere yeah it it, it's just the yeti you know the tibetans i mean everywhere you go every part of the planet you know i I used to work with arabs and they were the lebanese and um they had stories of these uh, uh bigfoot type creatures that lived in the desert. And uh, there were two different types. There was a physical one that was like an ape-like type creature uh, that lived in the sand area, like in, they, they made their home. And then there was this uh, ethereal type of creature that was hairy that could move in and out of time and space, which was weird. And, and they and they called it something else. I can't remember. And then there was this wolf-like creature, you know, the Ayub, which was just a weird type of you know, sort of a uh, djinn-type creature, but it but it preyed upon another type of djinn that was called the gula. And so, you know, I, I began to become interested in, in studying that, and I learned all kinds of different traditions about these things. So it's interesting, you know, you, we talk about, like, uh, um, th- uh, me and Ryan. And that's, not
1: even, that's not even touching on the shapeshifters, yeah. the entities that are shapeshifters, like you you brought up the djinn. There's a a great there's what seven different types of gen and oh, there's of those multiple seven types.
0: Yeah.
1: Of, well, of those seven basic types, I think it's seven or nine. I think it's seven types of gen that are are listed out in the codexes and of those seven types, all of them are shapeshifters.
0: Yeah. And they all have subcategories too. What's even weirder is it talks about them having neighbors. They live in the what they what's called the the calf, and it's spelled like Q A F E. I can't the way it's spelled, but um, it's it's like they live in this area called the Green Mountains. And I was I was talking to a guy who claimed to be a remote viewer, and he had talked about. I mean, I don't say he's claimed. Now he he actually, I got to say, my team and me, we've he's actually proved it to us. We 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 took him to task, and he actually he's not interested in coming on and talking at this time. Maybe hopefully, eventually, but um, he did tell me that remote viewing that, that the planet Venus, which is weird, he says that it's, it's, it's green and it has these mountains and that he believes that his belief, I'm not saying this is what I believe because I don't know, but in his, uh, you know, what he's ascertained is that there is a type of entity that exists on a different vibrational plane than us, but that they can come in and out of our world and that their home is Venus, that they live on that. That's their plane of existence. And there's portals that you can just walk in and out of, and they just come in and out of that, and I thought that that was interesting Now he didn't say that that's where that's what those were, uh but he just said that that, that there was a type of entity that could do that, and that they could uh, warp you know what we see as our perception with our eyes and I thought that's interesting because the calf is considered it's it's supposedly a right angle from a right angle. And it's, it's, uh, they live in the green mountains, but then they have these, they have neighbors, which I thought was interesting. Like, what are their neighbors? Who are their neighbors? I mean, you hear all these different tales and stories, you know, and you could go on and on and on for months, you know, about, you know, the different types of entities moving in and out of our world at all the time, all the time. I mean, uh-huh. you know, the reptilians, I mean, I've talked to people who, One guy who's just dedicated his whole life to studying them, and he's terrified of anyone getting a hold of his work. And I'm just like, you know, I I mean, he kind of got aggravated with me when I tried to push him to give me more information. And he was like, are are you trying to get my information? I'm like, look, dude, you know, I'm not not trying to step on your toes or anything, but I just wanted to get the stories. And, you know, he was telling me that he had done so much work on it, you know, and that he knew as much about them as any human being so he was telling me all these different things and he had a lot of uh, stuff that he had given me that i had researched before and so i thought maybe this guy's you know on the up and up i'm trying to maybe see about maybe getting him to give me some more information but he claims that there are multiple multiple types of reptilians there's kind of, there's some that live here on the earth some that are interdimensional I agree with that. He yeah he doesn't know where they come from and then he has another there's there's two actually that live here that one one that, that's been here since the dinosaurs and then one that that's that's relatively new it's only been here for about you know 3 or four hundred thousand years and then another one that comes from another another dimension and then there's another one that comes from another galaxy i believe me and you had talked about that Carrie, the the dog star the sirius whatever they come from the same area and uh-huh. it's a neighboring uh uh system And that they arrived I don't remember how many thousands of years ago and that they are at war with what we would know what we would call the Anunnaki, and they they came here fighting Anunnaki for resources. So he's yeah.
1: I've heard heard multiple different stories. But if you go into and this is what I've been working on trying to um, sort out is if you go into the Egyptian pantheon, you have Anubis, and Anubis is not dog-headed. He's jackal-headed. Um they they do have a wolf-headed deity whose name escapes me right at the moment. Um but they also have Sobek, who was crocodile-headed. And after, you know, a few years ago, I could look on the Internet and you'd find all kinds of information about um kind of crocodile man, alligator man type sightings. Can't find him anymore.
0: Yeah. The, my my wife talked about one um, on our show, actually, and it was uh, in Egypt and the guy jumped into the river. Uh, it was crazy. It was like a, he was driving a cab across a bridge. And, um, the guy had like uh, a face covering something covering his face. And this was during, before the age of COVID and, uh, he, the veil fell down and the guy saw like this short crocodilian muzzle. And he jumped into the water becoming a crocodile and, and disappeared. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a crazy story. And, and, and I don't remember exactly where we got that from or she read it somewhere, but, and I have to go back and listen to that episode, but Sobek. Is, is is also that there have been people who have conjured this entity too, or an entity like him and who claim to be mm-hmm. him through Ouija boards. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't deal with Ouija boards. Um, <laughs> and there's people that do, you know, fine. But if you're going to do that, know what you're doing. If you're going to open a portal, close it.
0: Yeah. You know, th- that's be the...
1: responsible. It's, it's not about... Um, you know, it's not a game because everything you open up, you have to close.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, you I tell people it's like deep sea fishing. You might be going for a marlin then you might get a shark. You don't know what you're going to get. So good luck with that. You're throwing yeah. chum into the water and just yeah. saying, hey, whatever comes, comes. That's not what you want yeah. to happen, you know, and you're looking for your dead grandma and you're going to get some demon from somewhere. Who knows?
1: Well, and we also naturally have. But two times of the year when the veil is really thin, where yeah. you know those people can come through
0: that's uh Halloween and well right,
1: Well, well, sewing so and um so yeah
0: sewing yeah someone.
1: the exact opposites on the uh calendar, so they're six months opposite opposite of each other,
0: yeah, and you, and when you were you were talking about the egyptian headed uh, uh wolf creature. Um, I think it was Wep, Wepwewe or Wepwewe or I can't pronounce his name, but I believe yeah, it was Wepwewe like, or something yeah. like that. I think he was like a yeah. war, war deity or something. I'm not 100% on that. You might want to research that folks at home, but I, if I remember yeah. my Egyptian mythology correctly – It was called like Wepwewe or something. I I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to say his name too many times and he pops up like Beetlejuice, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here like, what is it again? What is it again?
1: Here's here's another one that drives me crazy. You know, I will fully admit I'm pagan, but what drives me crazy are people that go, that's evil. Okay. Well, great. It's however it's perceived. But then they'll turn around and they'll do it, <laughs> and, and they're afraid of it, and they're they're terrified. And but you know, their God is Almighty, and if your God's Almighty, you're safe. Yeah. You know, don't don't play into fear. Fear is its own entity, kind of. It really is. And you know what I've what I've learned through my experiences with Dogman, is, you know, I was terrified at first. I mean, I, I went through some horrible fear with that, but the more they came around and the more I realized, you know what, if you're going to get me, you're going to get me. Um, and I just kind of went, well, I'll, I remember the exact moment that happened. You know, I'd had dog man hanging around my house in Colorado now, most of my sightings, I don't like go out in the woods and go look for them. This most of my sightings happened in town.
0: Oh yeah. No, they know? they exist you in town. Know? That's what people don't get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're right there. And granted, That's where mine you know was. where I lived in where I lived in Colorado, you know, you have I-70 runs through the middle of Colorado. Mhm. And you have a lot of little towns. Well, I-70 and, and the river, there's either the Colorado River or where I lived was Eagle River that dumps into the Colorado River. But if you go up the mountain, either way, you're in the wilderness. You know, you're, you're out there. So, you know, you're surrounded by nature, but you're also in civilization. And at one point they said, like 10 years ago, they said that if everything kept growing at the rate it's growing, that from Frisco, Colorado, along the I-70 corridor into Vale, and then through the Vale Valley, all the way to Dot Zero, you take all of those little tiny towns and string them together, it would be considered a mini tropolis That's how many people are there.
0: Shoot, I'd say if so you went from Fort Collins all the way down to Colorado Springs, you could make a, at, at this point, I mean, yeah, at, the rate, at the rate it's going. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's hugely, hugely populated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I had been having them around my house. I had had an encounter in um, Dot Zero, or not Dot Zero, in just outside of Glenwood Springs, East Glenwood Springs, that was the exact opposite side of Glenwood Springs from where I had the first encounter with the great big one. And it was a really good visual sighting. I, I saw it really good. I looked over, I saw it, I was terrified. I was looking around. I'm like, I know something's here, but I have to pee. Went in, used the bathroom at the rest stop. And when I came out, I saw it and I went, oh, okay, I'm fine. It's a dog man. And looked at it pretty good, watched it, and drove past it. It was just standing there watching me, moved its head, you know, twitched its ears, just watched me. It was only about five or six feet tall. Well, about a week or two later, <laughs> I saw him outside my house.
0: <laughs> and what and what color he, was it? And what did it look like? Give us a description. He, of
1: looked, he, he looked like a German Shepherd. Huh. German Shepherd type head. The other one that I saw was gray, looked a lot more like a wolf, was much bigger, not when it had been many years ago. Like, now it would have been 28 years ago. Because I was pregnant at the time, 28, 29 years ago. And so it would have been 92. And the one that I saw at the rest stop was... Uh, A couple of years before, like probably 2013, 2014. Then he followed me home. And I lived 25 miles from where I saw him, down I-70, down the Colorado River to where it dumps, the Eagle River dumps in and a couple more miles in Gypsum. And I came home one night, I was in my taxi, I could feel them around. I turned in, I had my brights on, and my bright lights in my taxi dimmed. And I went, damn it. (laughs) Because I knew what that meant. (laughs) I knew that when my lights dimmed in the whole car, I looked at my phone, my phone battery just went from like 30% to zero. And I went, okay, it's the dog, man. They're out. So I pulled up and parked, and I'm looking everywhere. I mean, it must have been amusing to them because I'm like, I head on a swivel, looking all over the place, my eyes darting around, trying to see where they're at so I can get in the house. And I locked my car because I was in the taxi and I locked my taxi. And something made me look up. I was parked directly at the end of my trailer. And something made me look up. And I looked up, and I my feet, my face was like inches, maybe a foot away from his feet. He was sitting on my roof with his feet dangling over the edge, leaning forward, looking at me, grinning at me. And I just looked at him, and I went all right, I'm dead, (laughs) you know, and I went, you know, and I just kind of, that all went through my head and I just went, if he wants to kill me, there's nothing stopping him.
0: And you, you, we had, me, when we had talked about this too, like, like you believe that they have an ability to manipulate energy, like uh, electricity.
1: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And they can drain
0: batteries. That's something that I've heard a lot of. I got a story which I believe is is what you what you would call like devil monkeys descriptions completely different than a dogman or a bigfoot or any of these other canid creatures or they were like small hyper aggressive primates, but they don't look like any type of primate you've ever seen on Discovery Channel or national geographic and they are extremely territorial, but one of the things that happened to these people was that they're the lights dimmed uh, the woman had gotten out to relieve herself and, and I'm going to tell this story eventually when me and Ryan do the devil monkeys uh but she 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 these these things came running out of the woods in like this pack and the lights began to flicker in the car which I thought was weird were these creatures drawing the energy from that from that and I just thought that was weird like what is that like what makes that happen and so the more you get these stories, like if you just told story after story after story about how that happens in tandem with these with these encounters, there's got to be something to that. There's some sort of weird correlation there and that a lot of people just don't get. I worked at a, at an, at a construction site that was haunted in a way that, um, like, there was a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, they had found uh, bones, and they had to do— the 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 building had to stop temporarily while they uh de- you know decided whether or not they were native bones or what they were they had to figure it out and they had they found arrowheads and it turned out that they were actually settlers that had been killed um by a raiding party of Comanches and so the the building was allowed to continue it wasn't a burial ground or anything like that but i don't think that one tragic incident was enough to trigger what was going on there and I had a worker that told me that he saw uh, what he believed was a demon. Um, he was He's from Mexico, and I've actually worked with him subsequently since uh, on, a, on a couple other job sites when I was working for this other large uh, construction company, doing security for him. They're still one of our clients to this day. It's been several years. But the first time I'd met him was on that job site. And what he told me was he was painting – and the radio began to like change channels, and then the then the radio just kind of moved across the room, and he felt a cold, and he turned around and he saw this reddish haired creature with with wiry the way he described it was like wiry hair. He spoke good English. You know, he had been in this country, his name was, Alonzo. was a good he's actually a pretty good friend of mine. and he described it as a wiry haired uh, red-haired creature. And it was just standing there right in, in the apartment that he was d- painting. And this was when they were building it. And then he tells, he tells me this as I'm coming onto my shift. And I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. Now I got to think of this weird looking creature or whatever it is you saw. And I noticed that the workers at that job site, they would leave early. They would leave early, and, and one of our clients that we're working for right now, like we have sites for him right now. I was working for him. This was back in 06, and uh, they would leave early. They would not stay after dark, and that was weird. He couldn't get the trades to stay late. They would always take off right at right, right at dark. It was like, well, time to go. I mean, I mean, they could be carrying like two by fours, just drop them and take off. They would leave, and I thought that is weird. They never do that, and then. Uh, one of them wrote in Spanish on one of the doors because you know they're, they're going to paint the doors eventually anyway, and so they 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 scribbled on there you know, and it says the devil lives here, and I thought oh that's nice that's that's nice I'm doing my rounds locking up the doors and one of them scribbled that in Spanish and I thought that's that's what I want to read, and I had a right. lot of problems there like we me and you had talked about the electrical thing where my truck would uh, go dead. I went through two batteries and one, and they were both dry cell. I, I went and I got a really good battery from my mechanic. He's a great mechanic. And I told him, I said, I need a battery, you know? So he got me a dry cell. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the interstate battery or whatever it is. It was a dry cell battery. And then it went dead. And he, I, I, I took it back and I said, Blaine, there's something wrong with this battery. And he's like, "That that's crazy. He goes, those Maybe it was just defective. So he gave me another one and the same thing happened. And then I had a Game Boy that kept going dead. And then, then I had watch batteries that were burning out. Then my flashlight batteries were burning out. And uh, there were orbs too. Like I saw orbs uh, in between the buildings and it was another guard that would work opposite of me uh, on, on the nights when I was off and he worked two nights a week and he was seeing all kinds of weird stuff too. And we were comparing notes. And uh, a buddy of mine who I I believe he's psychic, he he came out there and he said, dude, there's something really bad here. There's a really bad energy here. <clears throat> and what he claimed, he felt like there were, there was a primitive form, life forms that had used the far, uh, I think he said the far east corner of that property. They had buried their dead there. And I mean, what are you talking about, a primitive life form? He said, think of like Sasquatch, like a type of hominid. And he said that, but but they live, they still live here, like as in the spirit form, you know, they're they're still there. And that was weird. Like, that was a very weird thing. I take his word on that. I mean, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see anything though. Like I never, I saw like corner of the eye, like glimpses of stuff, but I never would catch anything full on. And uh, one time I had a friend come and visit and we were walking around and he, I was showing him the place because it was a really nice complex they were building. Um, and so I was showing it to him and him and his wife were going through a, a divorce or separation and he was going to look for an apartment. And I said, well, come check it out. I work over there at night. You know, so he showed up with another friend of ours and and uh, the other friend was kind of hanging out by the front on, on his phone to, uh, smoking a cigarette. So me and my buddy went around by the pool. And we heard this splash and we saw the water moving in the pool. And I thought, dude, this is weird. And I would go into those apartments and I would hear footsteps behind me and stuff. And it was, these were new apartments. So Uh it was a lot of weird stuff that was happening at that place. And I, I felt it because I'm very sensitive to that stuff. But I thought that that was an odd observation from my buddy, uh, that told me that he felt like there was something there in the corner of that property. And, uh, He doesn't really do, he doesn't really hang out with me much anymore because he said that when he does, uh, a lot of weird stuff happens and he's, he's gotten to the point where he feels physically drained by the, uh, the incidents that take place in his life. So he tries to avoid, um, being in any kind of like paranormal situations. And so I told Mm -hmm. him, I was like, you know, and I mean, and, and I told him, I said, it's not me, is it? And he goes, no, it's not you. He goes, it's just that there's stuff that, you know, that manifests, you know, and, and it'll manifest around people that are sensitive to it. So two of us hanging around together, oh. something's going to happen. And something always happened when me and him were together. And, you right.
1: Know, well, and I think it's important to cleanse too, you know? Oh, you um, have to. I know yeah. this movie you know, the, uh, too. There's, there's people out there that are like, oh, Sage doesn't do anything to demons. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but not everything's a demon either. Yeah, it sets up a yeah. boundary. It cleanses things out. I mean, you can go. I mean, I don't know that you're Catholic, but you can go through the Catholic Church. They burn lavender. They burn different things in their censors. Most, you know, they they're famous for having the censors that put out the smoke. It's it's not a pagan uh, idea or idealism to sage. It's Multiple cultures, multiple religions use that and there's a reason for it, you know, and then there's always prayer. But sometimes if you're in it, if you're in it and things get attached to you because you can walk down the street anywhere and there's entities out there that will jump on you and attach to you. And it's good to get rid of those things. I mean, you don't have to be doing anything bad for them to be there. Maybe somebody else did something bad in that relative area.
0: Who knows? Yeah, and, and you can be open for attachment. And the thing is, I'm I'm not a Catholic. I was actually baptized as a Catholic as a baby. Then my mom converted. My mom and dad both converted. They became Baptists. I was baptized as a Baptist. Then later on, they became non-denominational, and I was baptized as a non-denominational uh, so yeah, but I've kind of made my own way, my own path. Me and you've talked about that and about religion and all that. I have yeah. friends of every stripe. I don't, I don't judge or discriminate against anyone for anything, race, religion, gender. Oh, I'm I a very. I don't either.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm very open. I don't open. either. I, I like to hear everybody's side of things, you know, and it's interesting to, to get everyone's perspective. So let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question, Carrie. And I, I already know the answer to this because, uh, well, I know everything. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I I know the answer because me and you've spoken off camera, you know, at, at length. So, but uh, you now you have a unique view. A lot of people you make a make a distinction between like the different types of Bigfoot. We already been over that, but like you make a distinction between dogman and werewolves, right?
1: Yes. Absolutely, dogman and werewolves are not the same thing um and werewolves and s w s which it's nighttime out right now, so I'm not going to talk about the s w s
0: yeah <laughs> are yeah. very
1: different they're very different things too, and the Native American version is not the only version of an s w um, There's an Americana version, which is from a white culture that is practicing. I don't know that their culture is as perverse as the Native American version has become. Now, there's ostensibly still shamans out there that are Native American that practice shape-shifting that are not SWs. So that's a different thing, too. Now the difference, the SWs have perverted the practice so badly. And they're doing things in uh in reverse and not for the people. And that is the big differentiating factor. They're doing things that are not for their people. And yeah, ver- not very just self-serving. yeah, very self serving. Yeah. Very very much self-serving and it's not just the Navajos that have that belief but they're only called you know everybody thinks it's a southwest Native American thing and they're all Navajo well they're not Uh, many cultures have that that belief and that practice and it it extends from the beginning of time go back to the campfire and the cave all cultures, all people on the that were on this earth it's believed started as a shamanistic tribal um, system to so where they have their shaman, their shaman was their medicine person that was their their spiritual leader, their their um, protector, did a lot of things for them and also did a lot of rituals to help them with the hunt and different things like that. And it goes back to that culture. And it does, even with, like you were talking about, the Vikings or the, the Old Norse, with the Berserkers and the the Ulf Sarks and those different, um, you know, the Ulf Sarks were the, the soldiers of Odin. They were the ones that wore the wolf shirts. There were multiple different names for them. But the Berserkers were the bear shirts. The bears. Yeah, the ones that turned into bears. But then there's werewolves, and the werewolves are, from what I have been told, which I don't know how much into that story I want to get, but I had met a person that claimed to have been a werewolf. And that person told me some things that were later backed up for me by other people that didn't know this person. So I have to believe that he was right and he was telling me the truth. And I also believe he was telling me the truth of what he believed to be true. So um that he claimed to be a werewolf and he said that he was born that way. It was genetic. He was traveling with five or six other guys. I don't remember exactly because I didn't really meet the other guys. Um, In an RV with an older woman or a woman that was older than them. I shouldn't say older woman because I'm probably that age now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And they were traveling the country looking for a place to, to be. And trying to learn how to acclimate into culture and society. But one of the biggest things that he explained to me is they're human. They're people. And no matter what, they're only people. They're not um, controlled by this beast or this urge. And. You know, another distinction that he made is there is a difference between being a carnivore and being a cannibal. You know, that was like a point I made the other day. Somebody was saying how horrible and evil and dangerous Dogman is. But the most dangerous species on the planet is probably humans. And every one of us probably walks around among people every day and never has anything bad happen. But then you turn on your news and you find out somebody somewhere got killed.
0: Oh, yeah. So you know there's people
1: out there that have a screw loose. And yeah, there's, I absolutely agree. Dogman has the potential to be very dangerous. But I make the distinction between being peaceful which is a choice, and being harmless, which is not, they're not harmless. But they're definitely peaceful if they choose to be.
0: Is that your cat in the background?
1: Yeah, sorry. he uh we've <laughs> got a big tomcat running around outside, and he's, my cat wants to fight with him.
0: Mm.
1: My cat doesn't get to go outside, so...
0: Yeah, it's he probably a good idea. Big. Yeah, he talks
1: <laughs> big while he's inside.
0: And so, let me ask you this: like, when you were what you were talking about, because I know that there are Europeans that have the legends of of werewolves, but there are pretty much from anywhere that there were wolves, all the way across from Europe, all the way across Asia. There are legends of werewolves all the way into North America, and it's it's odd because. You, you know, you, you make a distinction between a skinwalker, a werewolf, and a dogman. Now, what I don't understand is wh- how you can tell them apart. That's the key to me. I just can't grasp, like, that. that's very hard for me.
1: Well, like I said when I was talking about my encounter with that great big one, I didn't run over and tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, are you a dogman or are you a werewolf? <laughs> and to this day, I don't know. You know? Um I don't think, I mean, I, I, just by the law of averages, I'm going to say that a lot of people that have had encounters may have encountered a werewolf. They may have encountered an SW, or maybe it was a dogman. You know, really, it's it boils down to behavior more than, um, and between the dogman and the werewolf, you're going to have more trouble because werewolves, if werewolves, People that have that ability, okay, if they exist, and they have that ability, and they're not cannibals, like Hollywood wants us to believe they're cannibals. But, you know, we could say a lot about Hollywood, considering what's going on in the rest of the world right now. Do we really want to believe everything they put out there? Yeah, yeah that's um, for sure. You know, and maybe there's an agenda on that to make I've a, heard thing. a lot
0: of stories about hollywood actually being vampires too i don't even want to get into that but <laughs>
1: um well maybe it's a, maybe it's a pipe dream that they think they can control the werewolves but anyway i'll just say that I mean, we yeah we don't want to get into all that we'll just i'll just say that you know if there is a person that could shift. Which, you know, that was people rolling their eyes everywhere collectively as they listen to this. But if that were possible and they're out there, what would motivate them to attack you? Because once they transform, they're still human on some level. And what always scared me the most about werewolves was that they were animalistic abilities with a human brain. Yeah. So unless you seriously pissed him off or her off, why would they go after you?
0: Well, what would be the purpose of being of being one, though?
1: Well, they're born that way. What's the purpose of being a monkey? What's the purpose of being a human being? What's the, you know. For whatever reason, they're out there.
0: And so. But let me ask, okay. So you've had what you believe, and and I believe it too. I I I just was was taken aback when you told me and Nellie uh, your werewolf encounter. So right now, now that we're on the subject of, of the werewolves and all that,
1: shall I just shall I just tell the story so that everybody can hear it?
0: Yeah, and so I I was just it was it was a very compelling story, and uh, I would like to get into that. So that's all the time we have for tonight, folks. We're going to be back with part two with Carrie Eaton, and she's going to give us her her werewolf encounter. And we're going to continue our discussion with uh, Dogman, Werewolves, and, and uh, Bigfoot with Carrie Eaton. Thank you for tuning in. Be back next week at 7 o'clock p.m. on Friday for more Paranormal Roundtable. Good night.